Hello there! This sh- Hi folks, this is Rich and welcome to the second episode in the two-part interview that Kirsten from the Potty Talk podcast did with me. We're picking back right up after Rich and Kirsten's talk about guns. Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. We're back with Rich Wilgus, bloodthirsty vegetarian and number uh, one superstar. Superstar. Are you left or right? As in, as in, no, 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 no. Stereo left or stereo right? <laughs> well, you're getting me in mono, I suspect. No, 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 no. On, on bloodthirsty vegetarians. I'm on the left. Okay. Do you do your podcast in stereo? I don't know. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Well, I, you know what? Because you're getting nope. me, you're actually getting me panned left. I didn't pan myself to the center, so you should rip an MP3 that's mono. Okay, yeah. I think I do that to save space anyway. Yeah, if I that's fine. Because I'm, I'm panned uh, on the left. I'm gonna pan myself center. Ah, whatever. You can just do it. Yeah, it doesn't sound different to me, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it's mono for me. No, right no, now. but on this end, because I'm gonna send you a DVD right. of this recording, you're gonna be getting a stereo recording, and I'm actually gonna be on the left. But you can just rip a mono MP3. Okay. All right. So you posted an article that uh, California is suing car makers over global warming, and if I recall correctly, uh, you were you were approving of that. Is that right? Well, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I think we should go after big corporations. And so I'm just going to read the first paragraph. I have the article up, and it says that California on Wednesday sued six of the world's largest automakers, including General Motors Corporation and Toyota Motor Corporation, over global warming, charging that greenhouse gases from their vehicles have caused billions of dollars in damages. So my question is, why should we sue them? Why aren't we suing drivers? Because drivers don't make cars. No, they just drive them, and driving them is what causes the, the emissions that are responsible for global warming, right? You could make that argument, but you could also make the argument that the internal combustion engine is responsible for global warming. Drivers just need, okay. to, get to, drivers just need to get to work to, to feed their family. Okay. Well, I guess what I don't understand is we don't sue a knife maker because someone breaks into someone's house and uses their knife to kill them. Well, actually, actually, those lawsuits, uh, I suspect there are many lawsuits like that in litigation. I mean, you know, recently we found that, in fact, people who smoke cigarettes, it's their choice, right? But tobacco companies have been losing in that litigation of late. Now, if I understand correctly, that is based on claims that they are are hiding information, which I think is slightly different because... We all know, I mean, it's pretty well recorded what the emissions are for each car. That's They're required to report all that, right? Well, maybe, but how about, you know, thinking it from this perspective? Car makers could be doing more to increase fuel efficiency and lower emissions. Well, they could, but I don't understand why that is their responsibility. Why isn't it the driver's responsibility to... Yeah, well, well, no, 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 no. To, to, when it when it comes to the efficiency of an engine, that is the manufacturer's responsibility. I don't. I'm not seeing how it's their responsibility how the the end user decides to use it. It, it is not their responsibility how the end user decides to use it. It's their responsibility to produce a clean, burning, efficient engine. And that responsibility comes from where? Come uh, because I said so. Okay. Because yeah. they are the manufacturers. Uh, but I'm not seeing why. So basically, if you if you take that 
perspective, then you're basically saying we should have never had a car because no car, the first cars that were produced couldn't have possibly been as efficient as you think they should be today. Well, no. I mean, it goes without saying that first generation anything isn't going to be efficient as something that has been developed over many generations could be. And clearly, I mean, you can just look at the statistics. I mean, if you look at the statistics from the 1970s to now, um, fuel economy has gone down. You know, it reached a peak uh, at one point and then it started going down again, you know, and, and that's just not acceptable. So if they didn't have a responsibility to produce clean burning machines when they were first starting them, what has changed that gives them a new moral responsibility they didn't have? Well, they always had that responsibility, and I think it should be thrust upon them. Well, then, but if they always had that responsibility, then they should have never developed cars to begin with because they couldn't develop them at that level in the beginning. I, 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 I don't even know what to say to that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know what you're trying to say. I think we are... I think if I understood correctly, I think we agreed that the first cars that came out could not be as fuel efficient and low emissions as cars are today. Is that true? Did we agree on that I, or no? Well, it would be, I would say that statement is true. Okay. But I would also uh, further say, I would like to redirect your honor and say that <laughs> cars today aren't nearly as fuel efficient as they should be. Okay. But what I'm getting at is, I know what you're getting at, and no, I'm not going to put on the Hermes costume. <laughs> Hermes was the messenger, is that right? Yeah, he was the guy with the hat with the wings and the, the wings on his feet. Hey, I'm not on the wings on his feet, huh? I'm not not sure how that ties in here. No, but but, but I know you. I think I think yeah, I think you'd look good in a Hermes costume. Oh, I know I would because I am superstar. <laughs> superstar. <laughs> Resisting my the urge not to put my hands in my armpits. <laughs> I was going to make some sort of reference like that. <laughs> now, what I'm getting at is, you seem to be saying that the responsibility of the automaker has changed. If they now have a responsibility to produce cars with lower emissions or more more fuel efficiency than they did when they first started making I, I don't think the responsibility has changed at all. The responsibility of any manufacturer is to make as safe and as efficient a product that they can, regardless of what they're making. I don't care if they're making a Pez machine. I want the damn Pez candy to come out efficiently and fuel efficiently. Okay, so that that is an interesting point, but I don't quite understand that one either because it seems like you're saying that the only product any any producer should make is the, the highest and top of the line thing they can make. Well, that's not entirely true either because, I mean, it's true within the product lines that the company that I work makes as well as any auto manufacturer. They make a, they make a hierarchy of products, you know what I mean? But they should certainly start with fuel efficiency. I would think that would be the core that a, a, an automaker would want to start with. I mean, if I were an auto, oh yeah, I'll, I'll put it this way. If I were an automaker, it would begin with fuel efficiency. Safety? Heck no, because I'm just going to sell you a car. You're going to die instantly. But that's you. But, you know, <laughs> but John, I'm going to sell him a safe car. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep that in mind when I, see, I, I'm, I'm really disappointed because, uh, you know, here I was all set to let you affect my car buying decisions. And now, now they're suspect. All your advice is suspect now. <laughs> My advice is not suspect. I'm a, I'm a clear, logical thinker. Is, you're you're going to try and get me a death trap is what you're going to get me. <laughs> well, I'm going to sell you a Honda. <laughs> or hang Those on. Are... John's got something. And it will kill you efficiently. <laughs> well, efficiency <laughs> is the key. I, all I got to tell you is when I die, there's going to be some emissions. <laughs> well, when you eat, there's some emissions, but that's something else. No, that's after I eat. Well, that's true. <laughs> because you are from the Southwest, and as Bobby Flay would say, you know, you know, it's it's a it's a very uh, fiber-rich diet down there. Eat beans, the magical fruit. Yeah, I had I actually, some of those for lunch, actually. I actually don't like beans. I, I've had to work hard to to start eating black beans. John and I both are looking at each other, going, "How can you not like the bean?" I do like the bean. That's totally different. I'm a fan of the be the bean. Yeah, we know. But I don't eat those. Well, chocolate coated? You know what? I, I eat the chocolate off and I spit the bean out. 
yeah, well, there you go. That so you're basically invalidated any opinion you have on auto emissions with that. <laughs> it's it's all over for me. I I've lost all credibility. It's almost like I'm being paid. I'm calling the feds. <laughs> They're taking your handguns away. The Glock, forget about it. The 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 Tech Nine, gone. <laughs> I'm on timeout. <laughs> Put on your dunce cap. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm not. What uh, you kind of you kind of brought in this a little bit to something that I want to talk more about. You talked about t- tobacco manufacturers getting sued over. Uh, I'm actually not sure what the. Uh, I guess because the the health bills are falling on the state. Is that the rationale there? Yeah, I'm not sure what you're asking me. Well, okay, so the the car makers are getting sued over global warming, claiming yes. that 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 has caused monetary damages. Well, what it's what it's so, causing are severe respiratory illnesses in California. I mean, hello, people are dying from asthma because there's smog in L.A. I mean, this is right, a simple but, one. Right, but the lawsuit the lawsuit is is claiming that there are monetary damages as a result of that. I I presume. Well, any lawsuit's going to claim monetary damages. And then, and then the tobacco lawsuits were for to to recoup the money the state spent on health problems or whatever. Well, it, well, and, then, and, and more, but yes. And then we we've seen the uh, startup of various uh, lawsuits against fast food. Uh, restaurants because people are getting fat and apparently that's going to cause cost the state's money or is costing the state's money or whatever. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I I, rec- I saw the film a few years ago, Fast Food, uh, or no, what is it, John? Uh, what's the film I'm talking about? Super Size Me. Super Size Me. Yeah, I just bought it at the uh, checkout. The My grocery store had it for like five ninety five, you know, in the cutout bin, so I just bought that. So I've been watching it again lately. Yeah, but I think obesity is definitely a problem. Right, but... The, I think that that what I'm getting at is that we seem to be seeing a whole host of things that are we're going after corporate America and God I I don't want to sound like I'm defending them because I have major issues with them just maybe not. I, I know ones. where you're going with this and I'm going to uh, say this. My perspective okay. on corporate America, whether we're, with regards to, whether it's handguns or smoking or fast food or smog, is simply this. Um, uh, most Americans aren't equipped with all the information necessary to make intelligent decisions. Corporate America, through either coercion or propaganda, uh, uh, silences a lot of information, and people so s- people embark upon these journeys without proper information. So, are you saying that people don't know that eating McDonald's every day is bad for them? I actually. Th- well, up until recently, I think that's actually true. Yeah, I don't think people thought that eating McDonald's was bad for them. Absolutely not. And and people didn't think smoking was bad for them? Well, you know, that's in question. I mean, smoking has been pretty popular for, for you know, a couple, few hundred years, if not longer. And I, I've seen actual cigarette commercials from the 60s when smoking was still hip and cool and all the stars did it. And, I mean, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, you know, absolute you know, icons of, of goodness and justness and on American sitcom television, you know, they would do commercials in the sixties during the Dick Van Dyke show that said things like, Oh, you know, I smoke Marlboro lights or whatever they were smoking. I don't actually know the brand. And doctors say this is less irritating on the lungs or, or whatever, you know? Okay. But right. I agree at the beginning, probably people did not realize what was going on. If you're asking me if there's evidence out there now, Incontrovertible evidence evidence that smoking is bad and and listening to potty talk is bad and things like that. I say yes, but are I, you gonna sue me? <laughs> what are you going to sue me? Because you, you were you were forced to do an interview. You, you had no choice. No, you didn't I, know was, how I was not forced. <laughs> See, that's what I'm getting at. I mean. You know, maybe listening to potty talk is bad for you. I don't know. It probably is in some well, way. My it brain hurts. Just, I think a little piece of you dies when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's it's a big piece. John's got he, something to say. He's been dead for about an hour. <laughs> I've been dead for years, actually. And you just can't shut him up. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a thing. It, it ain't nothing but a thing. But I I don't understand you. You seem to be absolving people of all personal responsibility, and and 
you know what, back in the 60s I could see that, but someone starts smoking today, how is that R.J. Reynolds' fault or, you know, who's ever? I, I don't understand. I, I don't see any way you could not know that smoking is bad for you. John has something to say here. Maybe it's the wine, but Rich may, may not be uh, expressing this clearly enough. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I'll kick your ass there, white boy. You're but dead. I, you can't but I think that, I think that what we're saying here is there there are well what Rich is saying at least there there are there are several different scenarios that are mixed up here. You've got the the tobacco, you've got the the uh, auto emissions, and and you've got the uh, McDonald's grease pits. And and I'm thinking that each one has is a different case. In Mc, in McDonald's case, yeah, it's common sense that eating a, a fried burger with bacon on it is not so good for you. In in the case of if, of autos, it's a different story because people have to get to work. If someone has to drive 15 miles to get to their job to to put food on the table for their kids, maybe not McDonald's food, if they got to put food on the table for their kids, these people don't have a choice but to drive a car. And a car... Yeah, but I knew when I bought my car, you can look at, at all the data and find out how many how much emissions your your car gives off and all that stuff, and I don't and, understand how it's any different than looking on McDonald's website to see how many calories a Big Mac is. But that's like saying I've got a choice between Marlboros and Marlboros lights because I don't have a choice but to drive a car or I don't have a choice but to smoke a cigarette. I'm still going to be doing something that the manufacturer could have done differently to save emissions. I I have one thing to say here, Kirsten. Okay. (laughs) Is that your way of saying you don't want to talk about it anymore? No, I'm I'm not absolving individuals from uh, personal responsibility, but the overwhelming, the absolutely amazingly overwhelming amount of propaganda they're subjected to every day you know, it's just unbelievable. You could convince somebody that the sky is green if you play a commercial enough on TV. You know what I mean? And I think that sort of sort of psychological perspective applies here. Heck, they told you handguns were safe. <laughs> Who's they? And when did they tell me this? Ted Nugent, when he was in your bed last week. <laughs> you know, I must have been really drunk because I don't remember that. Are you sure it wasn't the probe? <laughs> well, you know, Ted's been his nickname is the probe, so <laughs> Ted Nugent aside, guess who guess who comes out to Javelinas every once in a while to um, play? John Barry, Glenn. Barry Sparks. I don't know who that is, but I'd prefer John Glenn. Really? You don't know who that is? Barry Sparks? Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we're gonna be back while Rich does audio magic and, and in the big sound house (laughs) and we'll be back I couldn't find any good music for last week's show but I have some for this week so check this one out this is a little something from a Linux using friend of mine who composes some interesting stuff I met him online and we've become pretty good friends
That was one-man band Sharp Attack with The Brain Doesn't Seem to Be a Logic Circuit. All right, we're back with Rich Wilgus. Rich, I saved this topic to last because uh, it was a little happier and cheerier and spiritually uplifting and, and wonderful. And I just want to say that uh, one of the things I really like most about Bloodthirsty Vegetarians is the tunes you play and chatting about... Uh, the whole musical music industry and and all that crap that goes along with it. <laughs> See, I told you, be cheery. I I um, feel so uplifted. Excuse me, while I cut my wrist. I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a with a saber <laughs> and a bottle of wine. Actually, I'm gonna clang the bottle of wine together. Here, hang on. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, God, that was that. Boys, that was terrible. I hated that. I thought it would be more musical. Well, you know, there's no musicians here. Anyway, um, can you tell us a little bit about why uh, you have you have tunes on, on Bloodthirsty Vegetarians and where you get them and what a big pain in the ass it is? <laughs> well, we have tunes because John and I both need music like we need food. And John needs a wine cork in his nose like I need a hole in the head. But um, He's stealing from me, actually. I did this weeks ago to make him laugh out loud. Here, John, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> That's what he had to say about that. No, John and I, you know, John grew up in a family with musicians, and I grew up in a family that listened to music every day. And I always gravitated towards music. And, again, we, we need music like we need food. And uh, to to borrow that analogy, it seems like most of mainstream radio is is French fries. <laughs> most of mainstream most of mainstream radio isn't even French fries. It's like fried rat. I mean, French fried fries rat. is gourmet. <laughs> and yeah, and where are you finding our 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 lovely little snacks that we get every week? Well. I know people, you know. I mean, I work in the music business. I talk mm-hmm. to guys every day who own recording studios and record music. And, and in addition to the vast library that I've accumulated as an audio engineer over the years, I mean, I just know people who have records, a lot of which I've worked on. We played one on today's show, number 0063 on Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. We played a, fr- a song by John Robinson and Jeremy Shaw. And yeah, I can't wait to hear that. You, you already heard it. Who are you kidding? You can't fool me. <laughs> Wait a minute, John's going to vomit. You all right, John? I'm getting the table spins. <laughs> Woo! I heard portions of each song. <laughs> yeah, when the internet wasn't cutting out. But anyway, you know, I just I I'm I work in the music business and I know I know a lot of people and if I haven't recorded it, I have access to people who have, you know. And do you just ask them and some of them blow you off and some of them are like, sure, go ahead and play this? I don't think I've ever, ever had anybody blow me off. We really? Just, yeah. I, if I know them well enough, we just they, we just get just permission to play it. And is this stuff that's on indie labels or just independently recorded? Or is this any of this stuff from the, the whole RIAA monster machine? Yes. Can you, can you get any of that stuff? How does that work? Well, I mean, most of it's independent artists who kind of are selling their wares off of their own websites and stuff like that. And, you know, you could probably download some of it on iTunes and things like that. But, I mean, if I mention an artist by name, just look them up on the Internet and you can probably find Mm -hmm. their CDs for sale on their site. I like that you link to them, by the way. Well, I mean, it's what we do, you know. I mean, we, we in exchange for be, being given the honor of playing their music, uh, want to try to help them sell CDs, and we link to their sites. And I actually did buy two Raining Jane CDs. You like the you. Jane. I do. I like the Jane. Yeah, we saw them live. Actually, I saw them live. John didn't go to that show, but I saw Raining Jane live at SUNY Institute of Technology. They're one of the... Yeah, they're one of the one of the groups you've played that I actually check out their little... Um, show list occasionally to see if they might be anywhere near me well check them out when i they was are. so so pissed off i missed uh what is it the spanking monsters what's that what's what was that the asylum street spankers what was that what was that group that has the words yeah thank you yeah <laughs> they were here in tucson i missed them by one day they're if phenomenal. i'd seen it one day earlier i could have gone and seen them i was so sad i've seen them Maybe like so oh i'm so pissed at myself I saw them like four times. Most recently, I saw them in like June, I think. They played at a local, uh, the Earlville Opera House. And I, 
I, I brought a couple of friends and they put on a heck of a show. They, let's see, how did they word it? They, um, honky, no, not honky tonk. They, what's, I forgot what they said. They honky tonked our ass off or something. I forgot. <laughs> I remember one show you mentioned, I don't remember whose CD it was, but you're going to go buy it and you thought it was overpriced. How much, how much, how much was that? Do you remember that show? I, I talked about that at length, actually. I, I think a yeah. fair price for a CD is 10 to $12. And See, I, that, yeah, last night I was out at a show here in Tucson and I got two CDs for 10 bucks each. And I was kind of shocked that it was that cheap because I'd seen another. I, I was actually looking for something to put in your potty talk bag. I thought it'd be fun to send you some local music. And um, someone who I really thought you would like, I saw her CDs at a local independent bookstore and they were like seventeen ninety eight, And I was like, no fucking way. Halle Berry? <laughs> No, no, it's Lisa Ote. Lisa Ote. I think you like her. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think 17.99 or whatever the price was that you just said is a little exorbitant, you know? I mean, ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. If you want to sell CDs, sell them for 9.99, 11.99. I am totally cool with that. I don't care if you're Shania Twain or you're Lisa Ote. Your CD should be 9.99 to 11.99. And, and I have, I have some, I've mentioned this on our show before. AOL will send me one CD a month and it doesn't cost any more money to press an AOL CD as it does a music CD. I mean, AOL is buying mm-hmm. them in much larger volume, so they're paying a little bit less money, but mm-hmm. it's the same process. So if AOL can send me one free CD a month, why can't Lisa Ote or whoever we're talking about sell a CD for $9.99? And I know well, what CDs cost because I'm in the audio industry. I've, I'm an audio engineer and I've been involved in the decision making process of which CD pressing houses we go to. And I know what CDs cost. And if you're buying a thousand CDs, you can probably buy them for a buck each. I do want to say this in, in their defense, although I think it's, it's a price that I wouldn't pay. I'm sure some people will. I think you mentioned that you did buy whichever CD you thought was a little overpriced. Um, but, uh, to, uh, just in their, in their defense since they're absent, it's not like, I mean, they're not going to be selling eight bazillion copies. They're going to probably be, I don't even know how many they sell, but probably not very many copies. They probably so, sell less than a thousand or, or a thousand to 10,000 copies, let's say. I can't, I can't even imagine some of the people that I've bought CDs from selling more than a few hundred, even if that. But, but let me approach this from a different <laughs> yeah, Let me approach this from a different perspective. And that's the who the hell do you think you are perspective. I mean, you know, if if one of my favorite musicians in the world is Steve Morse, and he's this brilliant guitarist. I mean, he won Guitar Player Magazine's Best Overall Guitarist five years in a row. In fact, he won so many times, they banned him from the competition. The guy can play rock, he can play blues, he can play jazz, he's an island string classical player. Probably the best all-around guitarist on the planet. And, you know, he's not charging seventeen ninety nine for his CDs. That's true. And this guy's got, like, you know, more talent in his thumb than I have in my whole body. So how does how does he make a living? Well, he's in a variety of bands, and he manages to sell uh, he manages to sell a fair, a fairly large amount of CDs. I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably not you know gold or platinum, but he probably sells you know somewhere between three and nine hundred thousand CDs when he comes out with a record. So I mean, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but I I know the guy's world um, famous, and you know I mean, mm-hmm. he he does okay. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is I'd be willing to pay more than ten bucks for you know a local person who I I don't think is going to sell a lot of CDs if I like them just because I mean they are working that at least down here I think a lot of the musicians I've gone out to see that is their job it's not like they do that on the side and they have something else paying the bills so well I do and, I do have some sympathy from that angle well and that's a, and that's my choice if I think somebody's really great. And really mm-hmm. talented, and I if at that moment I'm inspired to pay sixteen ninety nine for a CD, that's fine. But I think on the whole, given again that AOL can send me three CDs a month for free, again I know what they cost. Most people, even if they're buying a thousand with a, a fancy amount of artwork, they're costing a buck. They cost a buck. So if they're selling them for ten bucks, they're making nine. You know, okay, we got to take yeah. some we got to take some freight out because it costs some money to get a thousand CDs from the manufacturer to their house. So we'll say it's a dollar fifty a CD, you know, but still, it costs a buck fifty. They're charging ten. That's a pretty good markup. I work in the music industry. I work at a manufacturer, and our margin isn't that high on any of the products we sell. So iTunes a buck a song is. Do you think that's a good deal or a ripoff or somewhere in between? 
Uh, I haven't really thought about it that much, but let's say there's eight songs on a record, eight bucks for a record. It can't be that bad. I don't know. What do you think about that, John? You've actually bought CDs on iTunes. Actually, it's not uh, 99 cents a song because if you buy the whole album, you get a discount. So you're going to be paying less than 99 cents. I think it's. A, I would I actually it's a never deal. buy a whole album though from them. If I'm going to buy a whole album, I'm just going to go get the CD because then I get the cover and the liner notes and all that stuff. Yeah, but it's it's a good deal because um, you get to pick and choose which songs you want. I mean, if mm-hmm. that that is if you if you want to go the the per song basis. So ninety nine cents a song, I think it's a good deal, not bad. Yeah, well, yeah. I there counted you go. up on the on the two CDs I bought last night. I got twenty one songs for twenty bucks, so I got a better deal than iTunes. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> I yeah. that was kind of fun. I think that's a pretty good deal, and I've gotten in long debates, you know, with various people about this. I've actually had people accuse me of wanting to rip music off from artists, and that artists deserve to make money. I work in the music business, you know. I have friends who are artists. Yeah, absolutely, they deserve to make money. But let's be reasonable. I think it's just all about being reasonable. Now, as far as uh, having having issues getting uh, certain music on Bloodthirsty Vegetarians, I think you guys have mentioned in the past having some copyright concerns. What's has it been a has it had a big impact on what you're picking or? That was just an incidental annoyance kind of thing. I don't think it's had an impact at all. I mean, there's so much good independent music out there, and I want to play all the good independent music. John and I have <laughs> briefly discussed, you know, the idea. John's butt cheeks are clenching, aren't they? Wait, hey, I got to look under the table. Hang on. Yeah, they are. You know. <laughs> I thought so. Well, the speedo and the thong give it away. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I've made this case to John. We find lots of really cool independent music to play. I don't have a problem. We have very high standards for the music we play on this show. I certainly have very high standards, and I think John does too. And uh, we have not had a problem yet filling the show, at least two songs per show, with uh, with high quality music and I, I, you know, music that meets my ridiculously high, you know, snobbish standards. So I had an idea that I just wanted to uh, pass along to you guys because I would love it if you could do this somehow. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you will. I don't know if you're interested. But I thought it would be cool if you guys got some of these uh, artists together and and got permission to put all their songs on a compilation CD and and sell it and, I don't know, kick back some of the profits to them, I guess. I think that would be neat. Kind of like an all-songs-considered for bloodthirsty vegetarians. Well, I think it's an interesting idea and... uh... You know, we'll, we'll be given uh, duly consideration. <laughs> <laughs> In the circular file. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we could put out the the bloodthirsty vegetarian sampler disc. I don't know who would buy it. You know, you might. I don't know, but but it'd be fun to fun to see that in your store. <laughs> Is it a cafe press store right now? Uh, what do we got? I don't John? remember what your t- what you have we t-shirts. I know that. Yeah, and you didn't buy one. I what never. I'll, will. What I'll do is I'll I'll take all of the songs, <laughs> digitize them, and print them on a t-shirt. It'll just be a, a. It'll take like a million T-shirts, and it'll just be ones and zeros. <laughs> Oops, typo. Yeah. Oh, then we got problems. <laughs> well, if it's the least significant bit, it's not a problem. You know, it's 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 not a problem at all. Yeah, I've been approached about doing a a bunch of things like that. You know, and actually, John and I have this crazy idea of being like, you know, some sort of publishing empire, you know. We do want to publish the Bloodthirsty books someday and all kinds of stuff, you know, the Bloodthirsty music selections. We should actually... You need a cookbook. A cookbook. We should actually get off of our lazy asses and do something like this because I think there's, you know, might even be some money to be made here, you know. I think that would be cool. I don't know what the book would be, but the cookbook, that'd be cool. (laughs) Well, no, John and I have ideas for books, and I'm not sure we're at liberty to... What would it be? I don't really want to disclose it now. (laughs) I don't want to give our ideas away, but John and I have some publishing ideas. And I like like writing. John's a a brilliant graphic artist layout guy. He's actually been involved in in book publishing in the past. Really? I'm going to write that down. And and what I'm planning on doing is making all this money so I can buy guns. And then so we're going to have a shootout with you. No, I think what's going to happen, he's going to buy them all up so that no one else can buy them. The guns? Which I'm okay with that, yeah. No, I'm going to buy the guns so we can have an east side, west side kind of shoot down. <laughs> east coast, west oh. coast. The, the easties are going down, I got to tell you. <laughs> Rich is going to be enough to save you. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I'm pretty confident I could pick up a gun right now and outshoot you. 
Yeah, but he said the East Coast, West Coast. It's not just you and me. <laughs> I, I fear no one. Well, you know, what are you going to get? Tupac? Well, all, <laughs> all I'm saying is you could you could take out a few people, but once you're down, the whole East Coast is screwed. <laughs> no, because we have Oliver North on our side. <laughs> He'll be dead by the time this happens. G. Gordon Liddy. You know, G. Gordon Liddy, he's on our side. How, how can you beat Oliver North and G. Gordon Liddy? <laughs> oh, I'm not at liberty to disclose. <laughs> liberty. It's so ironic that you said that word. But anyway, you know, back to what we were talking about. Um, you know, John and I have, have dreams of the orbiting space laser. You know, one of these days we'll get there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what what else you guys do because I really do like your podcast. And oh, uh, flattery will get you nowhere. It it enjoy I, I enjoy it making me crazy every Monday. Although I have one request. Yeah. If you're if you're now recording on Saturdays, we if we are. If you'd upload them sooner on Sunday, then I can get it on Sunday and not have to wait till Monday. Not gonna happen. <laughs> oh. Well, and it's a simple reason. Before, when we used to record on Sundays, it was a very hectic day for me. I I have to drive to get to John's, and I have to drive home, and then I would have to do this manic edit before I went to bed. Now I record on Sundays. I get to sleep, you know, relax. Saturdays. Saturdays, rather. I get to sleep, relax. I wake up on Sunday. I do the edit in the morning. I have it done by 11 I mean, my, you know, there, believe it or not, there is this thing called ear fatigue. If you've been listening to sound for hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. in a row, your hearing is no longer flat. You know, you don't hear things like you should. So mm-hmm. when I wake up in the morning, my ears have been rested and I can, I can make better production choices. Mm-hmm. But so you're done by 11, right? Or thereabouts. So why don't you just upload it? I do. At 11. I do. And, and then we. No, you we, don't. I don't see it until Monday, which, and then it says it went up at like midnight. Right. I, I upload the file to our server, but we generally choose to publish the blog post at that's, midnight. That's what I'm saying. Can you, well, okay, can you do that earlier? Cause then I can go grab it sooner, but I well, guess I can anyway, because I know what the file name is. If gonna be you right. know what the path is. You can take a chance and find out if the file is on the server. Absolutely, you can. There's, you're gonna, there's, you're gonna fuck with me this week, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm gonna upload the file at the time I normally It'll be the same. would. No. It'll be the same format. It's gonna be the absolute same format, and you know, it may be there, or it may not. I usually have it up by noon, but okay. it, you know, I might decide to go for a bike ride tomorrow morning or something, and have it up, you know, by mid afternoon or something. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this segment, and when we come back, we will award virtually the potty soon to be coveted potty talk colostomy gift bag full of a lot of good crap. Oh, cool! John has photos. Yes. So finally, I, I'm gonna open up my photos, and finally, you'll be allowed to see. So we'll be back. Okay. Here's another tune for you. So check it out.
That was my friend Todd Madsen from Minneapolis, a.k.a. Alien Spore Bomb, with a cool tune called Rigsby Reloaded. I recently did some mastering work for Todd on a soon-to-be-released CD project of his atmospheric tunes, so check out his website in the future for that and uh, buy it. It's pretty cool. Okay, Rich, thank you for being our guest today on Potty Talk. Oh, you know, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. Really, yeah. (laughs) And also, thank you for recording it, and someday I will be able to do it all on my own. I will make you proud, I'm sure. Uh, I hope so. I expect nothing less. I know. (laughs) I demand excellence from my minions. (laughs) I like to think of myself as a digital apprentice. I like that. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, so you're looking at the the pictures in order. I, hope. I, I see some. Oh, wait, Picture go back. one there. I, I this I'm is. I'm seeing I'm some nopalitos. Why, why you got some of this stuff? I'm seeing some oh. tender cactus and some cactus candy. Excellent. Yes. So I, I recall one discussion that we had by email in which you said something to the effect that you you live for new tastes, and uh, so I think all of these items are things that you can eat. I hope. I tried hard. The mesquite meal there, you'll see when you get it, there's a little thing on there that says it's gluten-free. And I yeah. think you know that, so. Well, yeah, mesquite. It before. Yeah, mesquite has become a, a new sort of taste uh, adventure in the gluten-free community because the mesquite tree grows these little bulbs and they're milling them into flour and they're mm-hmm. making mesquite flour out of it. And it's a, it's a wonderfully tasty gluten-free flour. It's actually, there. it's like pods that have seeds inside and yeah. that's what they, they grind up that. And that came from a little local organization. It's a nonprofit organization called Native Seed Search. And what they do is uh, basically preserve uh heirloom varieties of, of native crops and propagate them and sell the seeds and sell sell the products products made from them like uh, mesquite meal and stuff. That's great. So that so that you know as far as you know genetically modified crops or whatever, you know, that that is not gonna it, their their goal is that that is not gonna crowd out native um, heirloom varieties of things. So I'm I'm down with that totally. And then you've got your prickly pear cactus candy and that tender cactus there. I don't know. There's two ways to eat that. That's Nopalitos are basically the uh, cactus pads of a prickly pear cactus, those little paddle-like things. I, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. And um, so it's got all the seeds taken off. And those are in the jar. I think they're... They're preserved in some way. So they may not taste like fresh ones, but I didn't know how to mail you fresh ones. So. Well, I'm not entirely sure what a fresh one would taste like, so I'm <laughs> sure I'll be okay. Neither am I, but what I'm, what I'm getting at there is if the ones in the jar aren't good and you get a chance to eat fresh ones, it might be totally different. So don't hold it against them. No, I sure won't. The, the cactus candy is uh, made using the juice from the prickly pear fruit, which is that little red bulb that, with uh, spines on it and stuff. Uh, grows on there. That's that's the fruit. You just open it up and pull out the pulp, and then process that to get the juice. And that is actually pretty tasty. But cool, might be a little sweet for you. I don't know. I have much of a sweet tooth, if I recall. No, I, I don't. But yeah, everything tastes sweet to me. Do we have more, John? We do. Oh, do you only showed him that one? Okay. Oh, Excellent. I see some bumper stickers now. Yes, these are these are bicycle bumper stickers, and even if you're not going to put them on the the real bike, I thought you could make use of them on the trainer bike, so it won't ruin your your wind speed, it won't, it won't uh, kill your wind speed or anything. <laughs> well, you know. Because <laughs> you're zipping along so fast. I anyway, actually wear so. a wind sock on my head. <laughs> These came from Antigone Books, our, a local independent bookstore. They have a great selection of all kinds of fun little toys and crap. So. These things are great. <laughs> all right, and then the next one. See, we're not, we're not even close to done yet. These are our our uh, potty talk signature items here. <laughs> I, I also have a, a thoughts a, a, from the commode <laughs> and sit and solve pencil puzzles. I see that. <laughs> um, I, I also have some potty mouth chewing gum, but I, I thought that would probably not. I couldn't identify all the ingredients, so I thought I won't send that because I, I don't think you could probably eat it. I'm not much of a gum person. You didn't I, seem like it. So I, I haven't chewed I gum since. A big last. I don't think I've chewed gum since sixth grade. Huh. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, this is a good page. Okay, this is this has some uh, current and vintage items. So here you've got your disappearing sibling, 
disappearing civil liberties mug. You put hot water in it, uh-huh. and, and the Bill of Rights disappears from the mug. Okay. You're going you're gonna to have to hand wash that one, though. No dishwasher. That's fine. And then we've got a know your rights, what to do if questioned by police, FBI, customs agents, or immigration officers from the ACLU. Unfortunately, that is vintage 2003, so I don't know how accurate it is anymore. <laughs> yeah, but the vintage but, is good. I could get a lot of money for that on uh, eBay. You could. And and a nice handy little Bill of Rights bookmark, which last I checked was technically in, in force, but, you know. Well, you know, the thing I love about the, the picture you've sent here is it has bullet holes in it. <laughs> Carry a gun, and you don't need these pamphlets. Where, where? I'm not seeing bullet holes. <laughs> play along, all right. Just play along. I wish I had. That would have been cool, but it's digital. We could fix that. <laughs> and it's miscellaneous crap on the last page. Your Jesus pencil topper. Yeah, your, I see that. Your anti-establishments. Anti-establishments. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Liberté, fraternité, and minty freshness. And I don't you know, know they're they're tra- curiously strong. <laughs> they actually aren't. I'm kind of disappointed. Well, that's the uh, slogan for um, what are those mints? Yes, Mentos, Altoids. the fresh maker. No, no, not Mentos. No, the Altoids. Altoids. Yeah, they're curiously uh, strong. They, these actually come from the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, which is did, pretty much everyone in the yeah, <laughs> Philosophers as, Guild. As did that disappearing Civil Liberties mug. And I don't know if you drink loose leaf tea. I don't even know. Does green tea come loose leaf? Yeah, I, I've bought loose leaf green tea. I have. So I got uh, you a little. I got you a little elephant tea ball. He drinks loose leaf paper. Yeah, and you know, yeah. Well, I've definitely come to respect the tea ball. All right. So, we, uh, final segment is the sixty second rant in which we give our guest the last word and um, just you know keep it to sixty seconds, or I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off at the end unless, as has happened frequently, it's an excellent rant and I can't bear to cut it off, or if you sweet talk me, which I don't think you can do. <laughs> oh yes i could oh really i'd like to hear that well, i don't think you could well you know so anyway all right so uh go ahead rich and and let's let's have 60 seconds of ranting wow my clock just hit zero okay libertarians what the hell's up with that who are you trying to kid you know you're just republicans who want to smoke pot you can't fool me get over it all right the other thing I kind of want to talk about is Hollywood sucks. When are these guys going to actually hire writers again? You know, we got all these reality shows. How about giving me a story? You know, I don't care about people living on an island and, and like, cutting each other's throats. That just sucks. Are you there? I am. It's your rant. You talk. Oh, well, what else do I got? John, help me out here. Rant. Wow. This is, this is John's your kids rant. are ranting. You're, like, flapping in the breeze. It's all yours. You know, you know, and, and you hear John's kids sort of being a little uh, loud and vocal, and you would think they're just being kids, but no, they've got a still in the backyard. It's unbelievable what John lets his kids get away with. Guns. <laughs> yeah, they got the guns. No, I don't have anything else to rant about, you know. You're not very bloodthirsty. I'm, I gotta tell you, yeah. I'm not bloodthirsty? I really thought there'd be more. I just, I'm shocked and amazed. There's... You don't have enough ranting in you. you know, How is that I, possible? I thought long and hard about the rant all day, and there really wasn't anything I wanted to uh-huh. rant about. So I think I'm in a good place hmm. emotionally because I don't want to yeah, rant about it. Yeah, that's not good for my show. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, and I enjoyed putting these two episodes together for you. Maybe in the future I'll produce an episode or two from time to time with different guest hosts. Nobody really knows. Time will tell.